What do you see now that you didn't see before? What do you know now that you didn't recognize you knew before? The life that we knew isn't going to be the same. This is the third of the special episode trilogy of Sliver of Hope, Survival, Adaptation, and Now, Emergence. Dr. Michael Flynn, I am so excited today because when we started this discussion about three special episodes that paralleled the Metahab process of survival for steps one and two and adaptation for steps three and four and now emergence, steps five and six, we originally discussed that we're going to do these all at once. We just come into the studio and record them and think, okay, that'll be great, and we'll just release them as the shelter-in-place eases and people are healing from the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Right. And come, when you say coming to the studio, we were, we had our... Six feet six, apart, we, yes. We, we, we really, you paid very close attention to all of that, so I appreciate that. But yeah, you know, I think when we started, even after the first special podcast we did on this, I think you and I, when we talked afterwards, you just had this feeling that what was happening, it's like this sensitivity around it. You went, you know, I don't really know enough. I haven't really been through enough to talk about what this is all going to mean and as we go through it. And I think that correlates so much when you go through any challenge or trauma. You don't see everything in the moment. You don't see everything in the moment. It is really over time. It's gathering new information It's getting insights as you go and matching that up with something you've read or done or thought about or pulled from your past or whatever, that it is this clearly this process. So to talk about it in a sequence that didn't have time in between really didn't make any sense. And so I'm glad that we did it. And the way we scheduled it was really the notion of, The first two stages, which is the acute phase and then Mm -hmm. the turning point. So you shelter in place. All this happens. Lots of changes. Kids at home at school. You know, I'm a professor at Sac State, so I had to put all my courses online. All this acute, you know, being apart from family members that you do. All this kind of stuff happened, and that's the acute phase of anything. And then you make the choice. Well, in the the system with what's happening now, you have to make some choices about how you're going to do things, how you're going to behave. And then time goes on, and I'm sure the listeners will recognize this. We did adapt. You know, Mm -hmm. I actually learned a lot from putting all my courses online. It's not anything I want to do for the future, but I learned (laughs) a lot. And I could see that some curriculum online was a good thing. And I learned how to do certain things and I adapted and my students and I adapted and adjusted and my family and I adapted and adjusted and you know it was a, it was a good thing and stage 3 is really talking about you know traditional complementary treatments well for me that was working with the IT people learning new, new skill technology. sets around that learning the technology around that and recognizing you know moving past my fear around that which i really had so moving past that and then also you know speaking about from a physical standpoint with the adaptation adjustment okay what could i do 
well, I could get out of doors and I had to do it this way. And I could sustain my own health. So making sure I kept myself healthy. I was taking vitamins. I ate well. I tried to keep a schedule just like I did before. So you do all that. And then, you know, you actually, just like I tell people go through that, you kind of take a deep breath and you, you really go, wow, in a weird way. I saw things I didn't see before. I learned things about myself I didn't know before. I saw how people came together in this other way to be supportive and helpful. Now, it has been some time since we did the second podcast. Yeah, now we're in the third edition, podcast. And I really, you know, I really, this has been a few weeks because I think we really needed to say, and it's exactly like what people go through. You know, you've gotten treatments, you've adapted and adjusted. Now you do have to get back into life. And how that happens, that's a choice. People go, well, how am I going to do that? I go, I don't know. How are you going to do that? Let's talk about how you've done it before. What's a good way to step into it? What's your strategy around that? And I think that as we're coming out of this situation too, we really do need to strategize. You need to personally strategize around that. And you need to recognize that life is happening again. It's going to happen. You will shake hands again. Mm -hmm. You will shake hands again. You will be able to hug again. You will be able to do that. And I think one of the biggest things that I see is, well, obviously with this situation, you want to really focus on facts and not fear but facts. Go with your comfort level. What are you comfortable with? What choices can you make that make you comfortable so that you feel you're going to stay healthy and keep other people healthy? And those are your choices to make. And then recognize that the life that we knew isn't going to be the same. In a lot of ways, that's okay. In fact, that's kind of preferable because you've seen things now, you've learned things now, you've adjusted, you've seen what's inside you, you've recognized, oh, I'm not that good on my own. I have to make sure when I come back that I do, you know, you just all these things, the good and the bad about the whole thing. And, you know, you really do get back in and realize that there is this life you have now and you in collaboration with the scientists and and your past and everything, get to choose what that life's going to look like. You've regained some sense of control. Well, hopefully you had some control all the way through it. (laughs) Hopefully some, you know, you you recognized, and that's such a good thing to bring up, Jeff, because I don't care if you're in the acute phase or where you're at. The biggest aspect to us is our ability to choose. And in that choice is control. Mm -hmm. And so... Can you control going to a Kings game? No. So the focus is on what choices do you make and what can you control and always looking at that because that then gives you a level of comfort and reduces your fear as well. As does knowledge. And I think what we've seen when we look at the three episodes, survival, what happened once we started to learn more and more about the virus. More and more about human activity, what people are doing, what you can and can't do. 
within the guidelines set by either the federal government, state government, county government, we moved into adaptation was, okay, here's the reality. As we still continue to learn and go down the path of awareness, and what we all see now is there is a point of enough, and people feel confident enough. They didn't start banging on doors of retail businesses and say, let me in. I want to get out of the house in the first stage or the second stage, survival or adaptation. They were still working through it. Mm -hmm. But clearly something's changed because people are now ready. Mm-hmm. And as we correlate this emergence to stages five and six of Metahab, how would you explain them? Well, I actually would almost refer people back to our first series and the podcast because you look at the people that we interviewed, mm-hmm. TJ Shushriba and Bill Finkbeiner and um, Damon West and all those. And Cardi if Simo. you yes, mm-hmm. if you listen to all of their podcasts. You hear within those the notion of the reentry thing. It's like in my situation, okay, I had to go through, you know, obviously the acute phase. I was in an intensive care unit and on a respirator and moved past that and moved further. And, and as things got better, and then I went to cardiac rehab and I started exercising more in cardiac rehab in a safe environment. And then there's a point where it's like, okay, you got this. Now you can go out on the trail or you can go out on the street and you go for a walk or run and do it in this way with the knowledge you now have. And I think what you brought up is so great because when we're going through these situations, this one we're talking about COVID-19 for sure, but look at over time the information we've learned. Mm -hmm. We didn't have all the information at first. We were working with the information we had at hand. That is exactly what people do when they go through bad stuff. What do I know now and what information do I have? And then as you're keeping yourself alive, then you start gathering and figuring out more information and you incorporate that new information into your existing information and that gives you other places to go. And just like we're going through this now, the information we've gathered says this is how we want to progress. We did not know at the beginning of this that we were going to do shelter in place until this date. That was learned over time by gathering more information and incorporating it into our care. And that is exactly what people do when they go through struggles, challenges, and even traumas. And what you're saying, too, is there's that unsettling uncertainty in the beginning, which creates the fear, which creates the sense of lack of confidence that you have to proceed through with information and time. Back to us taking the time to do these as opposed to trying to do them all at once, we needed the time. You and I needed the time to experience what everybody else is experiencing. We didn't know so many things. We didn't know shelter in place was going to take place. We didn't know it was going to last for six, maybe seven, eight weeks, two months of business shutdown. No haircuts. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But what that really portrays is we needed to regain our sense of humanity and confidence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it just, it just, as you look at this, it just also fits so seamlessly in everything because, as you said, when this first came up, again, it's like when somebody's injured or are sick or 
trauma happens, you really are, oh my gosh, what is this about? I don't, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And your system is doing exactly what it needs to do, and that's putting you on high alert. That's engaging your fight or flight kind of system. It's putting you on high alert to say, okay, something's off, and we need to respond. And the first thing we need to respond with is survival. And once you've ensured that, then you have the opportunity to move on. And the work I've done in MetaHab, one of the things that I have is I have basic visions and values because that's the best way to put it. And there's certain things like trauma is universal. That's a known thing. I didn't make that up. That's a known, but I put trauma as universal. One of the other things that I have in there, and this is so compelling when I work with people because I think the work with MetaHab, what's gone on with COVID-19 has unearthed this, is that prior to an event, many times people underestimate their ability to not only survive, but then certainly to thrive. They underestimate, they think about Oh my gosh, I couldn't, I can't handle this. I can't, oh, I could, if I had that happen to me, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. So they underestimate their capacity. And it isn't until that capacity or that system, because we're all systems, everything's a system respiratory system, cardiac system, immune system, mental health system, everything's a system. Once that system is compromised or threatened, there is the choice to respond. And it is in that response that you grow. It's in that response that that system becomes stronger. So when it's hit by something, again, oh, the system goes, oh, I've seen this before. I got this. And I'm good. And I think that's the situation that we went through with, especially the second part of it. And as we are coming back into our social life, you got this. You know, trust your gut. Make informed decisions about how you want to move forward and keep the faith because we are going to go on, like I said. Holidays are going to come. You're going to be able to hug your grandchildren, your babies, and everybody else. You're going to be able to do that again. So keep the faith, but do it in a level. You know, I don't want to push people. I want them to be comfortable. Personal. But it is. How comfortable are you with it? Yes, it is your comfort and your choice and to just believe, again, in the facts of what's going on and what it is that you can do. So, You addressed something I found interesting in the discussion we were having before we sat down to record, that your body's immune system Mm -hmm. does its own thing. It knows and recognizes something's not right. And a lot of people obviously and understandably are concerned about COVID. Mm -hmm. And we understand that. However, we're seeing it diminish, its significance diminish, meaning a lot more people are fighting it than people succumbing to it. And there's still this concern about going out, but you were saying that's only one thing. Your immune system's dealing with thousands of things every time you step outside the door. Every time. And, you know, that's such a good point. And again, I just want to point out that I'm not an immunologist and I'm not an expert on all this, but I am a nurse practitioner and I've been in practice and I know this about our system, our immune system, and it is bombarded constantly. But it is in that, that the system has in place the ability to respond because if it didn't, 
we would not be here. We wouldn't be able to get past our first month of life mm-hmm. because we're, you know, everything in the atmosphere, everything on a, you know, everything that you touch, go around, around people, your system is being bombarded. And as we see with COVID-19, the biggest problem was those systems that were compromised. And that compromised system, you know, in many ways was age-associated or comorbid conditions. And there is a point where your systems just cannot respond because it's just the insult is too much for them. And that's what we see. And so also thinking about what are you going to do when you come back? What can you control? Well, you can control reducing risk for people who are at most risk. So paying attention to that as well. But as we talk about our immune system, in all honesty, unless it's pushed up against, it will not respond and learn how to respond appropriately. And that's your emotional system does the same way. Your physical system, I tell my students in class, it's like if you look at your biceps and you say, I want stronger biceps, I want stronger biceps. You don't just sit around thinking, I want stronger biceps. You have to do the work to get them. And your muscles... Resistance exercises. And your muscles, they respond and they react accordingly. And the other thing is, you know, you have to kind of keep it up. So the same thing with COVID-19 as we look at, you know, I don't know these actual statistics, but they are talking about there's a huge percentage of people who didn't know they had it and probably, you know, had a response to it. You know, maybe we're pulling together some nice herd immunity over this. Even people who did have symptoms or tested positive, the vast majority of them have moved through. And so your system was taxed. Your system had a problem and it responded the way it should, and so you should feel good about that. It just mirrors everything we're talking about. Yes. It's survival. I've got it. Now what? Mm-hmm. My system adapts, and I emerge. Right. And the whole topic today is emergence. Right. As we come through, we've survived. We've adapted. We now see shelter in place being lifted in many places, some states completely, some counties right, completely. Right, right. Locally here, we have some businesses now able to open this weekend. Right. We'll be wearing masks, and mm-hmm. we certainly want to encourage everybody to follow their local jurisdiction Absolutely. and requirements. Absolutely. But it's your personal experience that gives you that confidence to say, I'm ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And doing this, doing something is what's necessary, correct? Right. And because you, you know, you do need to emerge. You do, like, I did need to get out of cardiac rehab and move on. People who have physical therapy, after you go out, there is this point where you do have to re-engage in life. And again, using, trusting your gut, looking at the facts, making decisions that are going to be proactive and comfortable for you and protecting other people, you can do that. And the other thing I do want to bring up, and this will happen really over time, even more time, but I think you can start to look at lessons we've learned from this. Mm-hmm. What are the lessons that you've personally learned from this? What do you see now that you didn't see before? What do you know now that you didn't recognize you knew before? What do you understand about yourself, your humanity, your capacity to 
Like when I'm for me just like, oh my gosh, we got to stay. I can't do this. Like, no, you can. You did. Now there are people who there's levels of suffering that have gone on. This has impacted some people financially, physically, emotionally, differently than it impacted other people. So mm-hmm. there's a range of how this worked. But within the context of understanding that and appreciating that range, we still want to recognize lessons learned because that is what we need to take forward. That is what we need to recognize in ourselves about how strong we are. That also parlays into something that even you experienced initially as we started the podcast series with the very first program, Metahab, Right. was you were afraid. Oh, yeah. I just need to do this. Yes. I just need to do this. It's that fear. And we were talking in an analogy that everybody's going to understand, flattening the curve of fear. Right. Which personally, everybody has their own level of anxiety to go outside and do what it is they want to do. Well, that's your level of fear. Right. Where is it today? Now that you've got all the information, you've been through it, you've seen it, you know that the cases have been minimized in your community most likely. What do you do next? Right. And how do you, yeah, how do you successfully integrate back into that community? And that's really, you know, how do you flatten your fear curve? Because it was off the radar for a lot of people, myself included, as it all went through. But now again, as we've armed ourselves and our systems have armed ourselves with what it is we can control, what we need to know, facts we have, decisions we can make, we can now bring that down to a manageable state and then make really good decisions about reentering society. Mm-hmm. So, And like anything, and any trauma, as we know from the Sliver of Hope series, the Athletes Interrupted series, and now this very vivid and clear series where it was life and death right. for some people, anything that is traumatic, if you work through it, requires emergence. Right. You break your arm. Well, you have to go through physical therapy to get it to work right again. You right. must do something. You can't stay right. sheltered in place. Right. Yeah. Human nature. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's a great point. And that, you know, again, that's how things work that there are these patterns, there are these processes, and this is part of the process. And I think moving these three podcasts apart in time, we were able to really live the process. I mean, I can talk about the process because I've been through other process, you know, obviously my major event where I, you know, traumatic event, but Mm -hmm. even the process of being a new mother, you know, you see life and processes and you can't really reflect appropriately until you can step back and look back and go, okay, that's what that was about. And I think that's why we've moved these podcasts apart to be able to give us that insight and to be able to give us that angle that we need to be able to learn from this, eventually grow from this, and ultimately become stronger because of this. You need that time, that insight that gives you that awareness of what that's about. So as we're moving back into that, taking that insight and awareness and appreciation and gratitude forward, I am hoping that as we're getting back, so it's like in my book, Turning Tragedy into Triumph, 
one of the people that I interviewed was Dominic Cook, and he's profiled in the book. He's a rugby player at Berkeley, and he unfortunately got into a car accident and became paralyzed from the waist down. But he emerged started as a nonprofit, graduated from school, has a very entrepreneurial, very amazing story. But when I was interviewing him, one of the things that he said that I always remember is, you know, it's while you're in the middle, you go, I don't want to forget this lesson. I don't mm-hmm. want to forget this lesson. And yet as time goes on, it fades. And what I don't want people to do, I want them to take Dominic's idea. Don't forget these lessons. Use these lessons, use them to recognize your own strength, your own capacity, your ability to make choice, your ability to control as much of your situation as you can, and use these lessons to recognize just how strong you are and how these situations can can bring forth post-traumatic growth. So you don't want to forget those lessons. Had we not done this episode today where we see light at the end of the tunnel. We see emergence. We see things opening. Our tone and tenor may have been a little different. We would have still had the pall of, God, uncertainty. We don't want any more opening. We don't know when we're going to get out of our rooms and be able to go to work and do what we do. Today, we're sitting here relatively casual and optimistic and saying, this is really good. We see things are coming back to familiarity. Won't be normal, but familiar. We can go out. We'll have to pick up our food at the restaurant in front of the restaurant and our yeah. clothes in front of the store. But nonetheless, it's the ability to start to release some of that anxiety and know that it's okay when we go out. And to your point of learning lessons and growth and paying things forward, there's going to be a lot of opportunities now to do so because not everybody is in the same space. And there are still people, some with compromised immune systems, but others who are still fearful of taking that step. It could be your neighbor. It could be somebody from church. It could be somebody you're not going to see for a while, but you know it's because they are hesitant to come out. Mm -hmm. Yes. And those are the people that really need the support from the community now. Right. And I really, you know, it's so interesting you bring that up too because I happen to be in the post office and we were our social distance and there was this woman who – older and I kind of came in, but I kept my distance and you could see she was scared. You know, I thought I have to have sensitivity toward that. Yes. I have to have sensitivity toward she is worried. So I just complete. I said, look at, I'll leave when you're finished. I'll come back because I do want to have sensitivity to people who have, who are at higher risk, especially, or people who are, you know, really worried about that. And so I don't judge them. I have sensitivity toward their feelings of anxiety or fear. And what can I do as a citizen to alleviate that in this? And I can move back, can give people their space. I can do those types of things and just say, okay, I'm good. Hi, you know, Mm -hmm. just leave. So those kinds of things too that I think I learned too. I It really made me more, certainly gave me a sensitivity to another person's anxiety or another person's fear. And again, instead of judging it, I went, okay, they have that. Let me respond appropriately. Let me respond in a a positive, loving way to that and then just move on. Yeah, those types of things, I think, those types of ideas 
are helpful as well to bring us all back to, as you talked about, this level of humanity. We're going to see much more vulnerability coming out of this from a lot of people who we wouldn't have expected. Right. And empathetic responses. Right. Which I hope in the grand scheme of things, there is more of because that's what we need. Right. And I'm certainly not going to try and talk somebody in or out of things. I can help with their awareness around it. I was talking to some friends on the the phone and they were really nervous about it. I go, okay, so I want you to tell me, just tell me what you're most afraid of. What is it you're most afraid of? See if I have any, any information that can help you with that. So they listed some things and I said, okay, so let's look at the facts and this and this. And so have I helped reduce some of your fear a little bit. And so those types of ideas of bringing people around, not like, well, you shouldn't be afraid of that. I don't, that's, that's not like the metahab way anyway. In metahabilitation, I collaborate with people. I don't tell people what to do. I collaborate with them, meet them where they're at, and then provide some guidance and some insight within the context of their own life as to how they can move forward. So I think we use the same thing in this situation as well, the same ideology and the same concept. Well, I, for one, am very, very glad we're on the third episode because (laughs) the third episode means something positive is happening and we're we're back into productivity versus shelter. Yes. And we talked about survival. We talked about adaptation. We've now just discussed emergence. And I think maybe in closing, any comments points that we just want to leave everybody with other than do it at your own pace, at your own comfort level, knowing that you've got this. Surround yourself with information that you need to make good decisions. With that being said, too, if I make the analogy of running or a sports event or signing up for school or whatever it is that you're going to get ready to do, that's bringing you into a new sphere, a new area being, is the preparation is essential. The strategy around and the prep for that is essential. And so maybe you look at it this way with COVID-19 as we're getting into the month of May and recognize that there is going to be an end. The most important thing to do is to strategize and to react and respond appropriately so that so that you know what you're doing, not like all of a sudden things are open. You go, well, I don't know what to do now. No, I've already thought about this. This is the best way for our family to do things. This is the best way for me to do things, whatever. So I don't care if it's a, an event that you're planning. I don't care if it's like a wedding, a run, or whatever. There's always a prep time, and whoever preps the best – usually does the best. So I think I'd like people to know that. And the other thing too is, I kind of shared this with you earlier, but, you know, it's on the freeway and you see the, the, you know, the signs signs that go shelter in place, do this, um, wash your hands. And it just hit me like, I want to make sure even when we're back, and this is sort of an afterthought a little bit, wash your hands. So if you come out of this with everything, just one of the strategies that we can use is wash your hands because yeah. that's one way that you can control and help yourself move through. And then the last thing that I really want people to see is to, to re-engage and to realize 
the absolute importance of connection with each other. I have some students that we've done, we've Zoomed, we've done stuff, we've Zoomed with family and everything, but it really has made me feel there is nothing like a direct connection. And it made for me recognize how important those connections are. Mm -hmm. So we can do all this other socially connected technology, and that's great. Not the same. But there is going to be a point where you can do some of that and it will reduce your need to travel everywhere you need to go, whatever. But there's still nothing like directly connecting with another person. Totally agreed. Yeah, really see that. So looking forward to that. So our total emergence will be when we can hug Yes. Shake hands. Oh, yes. Go wash them afterwards. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Everybody's going to sense some sort of relief, even just hearing the podcast. Right. Oh, this is the emergence one. Good. It's one step closer to what I'm most familiar with. Dr. Michael Flynn, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. The purpose of this podcast is to provide a general discussion of the topic presented which may or may not apply to the individual listener. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the interviewer or guest. It is not intended to provide and is not a suitable substitute for professional care by a doctor, therapist, mental health professional, or other qualified medical professional. Review the CDC site at cdc.gov for the most up-to-date information, including symptoms of COVID-19. If you have a direct exposure to someone with symptoms or who has tested positive, contact your doctor and seek medical attention immediately. This has been a special edition of Sliver of Hope. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us a positive review. Thanks for listening. Please be safe and stay healthy. 